Cougs House. All right, we have a busy weekend of Cougs ahead of us. So busy that this feels like it's getting out a little bit late, uh, but let's get on to the Cougs. Welcome to Locked On Cougs, the daily podcast about your Houston Cougars. I'm your host, Houston-born teacher and coach, Parker Angel, here to break down all things Cougs. If you're a U of H fan or just a hater can stop by, please be sure to hit subscribe and download the podcast each day for the latest on the Cougs all year long. If you're a subscriber, our show should pop up on your feed each day. You make sure to make Locked On Cougs your first listen of the day. Today, we're going to kind of jump around a little bit. we got to preview the Temple football game for Saturday. That's going to do here first. It'll be a single segment long. If you want to hear a little bit longer breakdown, we also did some of this yesterday. We're going to hit the spark notes of things that the Houston Cougars have to do in basketball first segment. Second segment, we're going to look at the St. Joe's basketball game tonight. Yes, Houston plays St. Joe's in Annapolis tonight. So we're going to make sure we break down what all is going to be happening on the hardwood out at the Naval Academy. And then on a third segment, we have a couple of big-time basketball recruits that signed this week in na- National Early Signing Day. It's going to make sure we look at what kind of things those guys are going to bring to the Cougs as well. But first, let's look at this Temple football game. Um, I think it's really easy to think of this as a write-off game, but Houston's got to do some stuff to get back on track. This week, we heard Doug Belk and defensive coordinator Doug Belk really talk about, like, different ways that his defense was exposed last weekend and kind of open up like what they have to do to get right this week. I think the real deal is is they play a quarterback this week where they could really like dive into the basic fundamentals of their coverage and basic fundamentals of their pass rush and basic fundamentals of their run game, right? This EJ Warner guy is not the kind of guy, the quarterback for Temple, I should say, is not the kind of guy where like Houston has to break a bunch of rules and coverage to make sure they account for him, right? Bluntly, Tanner Mordecai might have been that guy, right? Like we've seen quarterbacks come through Houston or play against Houston this season that have kind of made Houston have to do things that kind of, you know, we're going to go all in on this, but it's going to leave us exposed there kind of things. That's not what Temple's going to be doing, right? Temple's not going to be able to expose Houston in other ways, and so Houston has to make sure that they just play fundamentally sound football. That means getting after the quarterback with four pass rushers, right? Make them double team, nose tackle, dot Nwankwo up in the middle and have all of the guys get one-on-one matchups and just win those one-on-one matchups and get to the quarterback. Make sure we protect the edges. This running back, Sadie, is very, very fast. The Temple running back is very, very fast. So make sure we keep him somewhat contained. He likes to go maybe inside the tackle, but eventually the hash number sidelines kind of route running as far as far like the route he wants to path, he should, I should say, wants to run. And we got to make sure we keep him contained inside of that. The other thing is that like, and, and I don't know how to say this without saying like take advantage or like take some gambles or whatever, but like practice making plays. When the ball's in the air as a DB, when you see Jace Rogers go get it, right? If the ball is in the air as a safety, when you see Dabawaniki go get it, when you see these guys go attack the football in a way that I just, I don't think that we've gotten to see them do, or certainly didn't, they got to be a little tentative last week. And, and I wonder how much of that's getting talked about in the film room with those guys right now, right? Like over the course as they get ready for Saturday, are they talking about like, hey, we're going to be fundamentally sound, but you need to also practice like being a ball hawk. Like when a play is there to be made, go make it because in the game against SMU last week they were kind of waiting for guys to catch the ball and tackle and there was so much space and there's all kinds of problems and it just kind of felt like there was too many things that we were worried about in the back half especially 
And this ought to be one of those games where they're kind of worry-free, right? They're like able to go make plays when they're there to be made and the kind of game where they're able to go, I don't know, take advantage of a team when they have the opportunity to take advantage of said team. Now, I'm not saying to like run the score up and embarrass and get up to 70 nothing and be like, oh, see, we can score 70 every week. Like This is not the week. You can't beat SMU this week, right? We can't go back and take, make that game up. But it's the kind of week that you can get things right, and I think they got to do that. Offensively, I think the big key will be for Coach Hogerson to use quarterback Clayton Toon's legs this week. I've said it almost every week we've done this show at this point. I just don't understand what it's taking so long towards getting him out and boogieing because every time we see Toon run, either designed or undesigned, I think it works pretty well, right? And I love the duality of things like the RPOs where one run is quarterback power and the backside pass option are things like slant curl or things like slant arrow or like rub routes on the backside with a you know power run play on the front side is so, so key. And being able to use Toon's legs, you actually get like extra bodies in the mix there. And I really, really love the way that that would pair up. But more than that, when we look at this being a team that the defense can kind of get on track on, I feel like this is the kind of game where the offense should be able to continue the momentum. Right now, I'm not saying run up the scoreboard and be throwing bombs at Clayton Toon to Tank Dell over the course of like the fourth quarter in a 70-point blowout. But I am saying this is the kind of game where you can't get rusty. You can't get trap-gamed in this game on Saturday against Temple where you're, like, not ready to come out and play, and all of a sudden, like, your timing's off, someone busts an ankle, etc., because you're not doing things the way they need to be done. I do think that over the course of the game, I hope to see more out of the run game. We did not see much out of the run game. I mentioned Toon. We didn't see much out of the run game at all against SMU. I mean, Stacy Sneed had eight touches and a little over 100 yards, but his eight touches, half of them were passes, right? So, like, we can get him, a running back, Stacey Sneed, more involved in the run game. Maybe use some of the other running backs we've seen this season. Who knows who gets to suit up this Saturday? I'm not going to, like, leak anything too, too crazy. But I do think it's the kind of game where the run game should come back forcefully. And I look forward to seeing it happen because, frankly, it's kind of been a minute, right? I, I love I love Holgerson's offense because it's a lot of fun, explosive. But it has kind of been a minute. And I really, really hope to see more of that this weekend. If I were going to, like, predict a receiver to go off or something for Houston I actually think I'd go Matthew Golden he had a big big week last week in his first game back from injury he continues to make plays when it's his turn to make plays as a young kid and if we're looking at this week and I'm like Temple trying to game plan things I'm covering up Tank Dell I'm taking away the run game I'm covering up Sam Brown all of a sudden Matthew Golden has no one around him right so I think that's kind of thing where Houston should be able to always find some easy 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 money in the pass game and as far as special teams and things goes, obviously we've had big returns for a few weeks in a row now on kickoffs and punts and things like that. Not that, not that SMU ever really punted. I guess they did one whole time. Um, what, what I guess, I, and this is probably the old school coach of me, we still run this two kicker thing. And if one of them is going to do kickoffs and one of them is going to do field goals, that's fine. I don't, I don't know why we're going back and forth on some of this. I feel like we need to be able to make a decision in early to mid-November on who our kicker is. <laughs> and, and maybe I'm just too much of an, an old school guy on that but that is all to be said like houston is not the underdog this weekend right houston ought to be favored houston is favored by 20 on most sites and i'd say that like this is the kind of game where houston like if you're gonna have a bad game against smu this is a great game to bounce back houston again is not the underdog but this episode is brought to you by underdog fantasy the easiest place to spice up college football this season Underdog is easy to play and available in over 30 states. Just pick between two and five players across any team, not just our Houston Cougars, and decide if they will finish higher or lower than projected stat lines. It's one of the easiest way to play fantasy out there. You can win cold, hard cash in a single game. 
On the basketball side of things, after talking with our buddy Andy Patton the other day about being a mid-major and that kind of stuff, he's talked me into a lot of things about Gonzaga. So I'm going to take Drew Timmy to beat 29.5 in the points and rebounds and assists combined. If you go back and watch his stuff to start the season last year, his air quotes deceptive athleticism seemed to really shine through in some of those early, early Power 5 matchups. And again, he is a big, strong, veteran big man for the Zags. I'm taking him to break 29.5 in the points, rebounds, and assists combined categories. Sign up with promo code Locked On. It's all one word. And Underdog will double your deposit up to $100. That's deposit $100. You get $100 for free. Go to underdogfantasy.com or find the Underdog Fantasy app in the App Store or Google Play Store. That's Underdog Fantasy. Promo code Locked On. Get in the college football pick'em action today. All right, in our second segment, we're going to start to preview the game tonight against between the Houston Cougars basketball team and the St. Joe's Hawks. Now, I think it's interesting, like the St. Joe's Hawks, uh, first of all, I it took me searching far and wide because there's no statistics from their exhibition game, question mark, against Widener College. Widener College is a Division three school, and I think it's interesting that, like, frankly, I guess that's how St. Joe's opened their season with Houston opening theirs over Northern Colorado. We all remember the game a few nights ago, right? Houston won like 47 points, and that was a big, big victory. So the season, everyone got to play, everyone got to score, all the kinds of fun things. St. Joe's only beat Widener College by like 15, 13, 15 points. And I think what's interesting there, is, and I say 13, 15 points because like depending on what you're reading, there's a lot of different statistics out there. It was an exhibition game. Um, I, I think officially an exhibition game. If I'm looking at this, I can't quite tell how official it is. It does have an ESPN score clock and things like that. And the ESPN score clock, I guess, technically has it as a 12-point win. It was 14 points, and then Widener hits a shot down the like with the you know clock winding down the subs in. It looks like. Um, but I think what's interesting about this is that like I don't know how much Samson and his crew can watch this as far as like film study. But I also don't know, based on the vibes we've gotten about Samson all preseason, how much he wants to, right? So if you're trying to think about like what would be wrong with this film as far as getting ready for St. Joe's, Widener College is Division Three school, and for the most part, the biggest guy they put on the floor was six foot five. They had one six, like they list him as six six guy. They looked the same size as a six five guy out there for a while, and I guess technically they have a six eight guy on their roster. But for the most part, St. Joe's big man HK Abina got to kind of just dominate the glass and dominate the inside in a way that we would assume a 6'10", 250-pound Division One big man would do to a Division Three basketball team. I, You know, this game was close for large stretches. And in the first half, not like in the first two minutes, like in the 12 to 15-minute part of the game where, you know, teams have kind of started scoring some points, Widener was winning this game, <laughs> and so I'm like, whoa, I'm watching this game, I'm finding, I found it on YouTube, I guess this again was the ESPN Plus broadcast, but the stats are hard to find because it's listed as exhibition elsewhere, I, I'm talking too much about that confusion, it clearly got to me a little bit, but but in, in watching this, I'm like, man, St. Joe's is having trouble with a Division Three team with, you know, 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six guys, that makes me feel a little bit better about the fact that Houston's going to trot out there with their own 6'8", 6'9", guys, right, because like, if I were going to pick a weakness on the Houston team, it's not that J1 Roberts is not a strength. That he has such intangible qualities that obviously he's a big man for us, and he he does all these like high motor, high velocity, like incredible things that helps Houston Cougars win basketball games. That's why he wins so many basketball games. But he is just six eight, and like that might be a rounded to six eight. He's got super long arms, so he plays a little bit bigger. He's got crazy explosion and hops, and the crazy crazy high motor we keep talking about all the time. But at the end of the day, he is just six foot eight, right? And so like. If I see Edge Obina, the big man for St. Joe's at 6'10 and change, 
240, 250. I'm like, whoa, this is the kind of the formula, right? This is kind of the formula where, like, if someone's going to beat Houston, it's going to be because they just pounded him, pounded him, pounded him. Who's going to find a way to double the post or figure some way to, like, bend the defense and get the guy get the guy off his marks? And I don't know that Ejike Obina, it's not that he's not really good. He is a very talented basketball player. He's a senior. He'd probably get paid to play basketball somewhere, even if it's not the NBA or G League. Somewhere we'll pay him to play basketball next year. I, I think what's interesting in watching this is that, like, they're not – theoretically if watching them against widener has any sense of what they'll do they're not going to run sets for him in the same kind of way right he's not going to be the kind of guy that catches the ball at 12 feet face up post up puts it back down like he's not that kind of a guy he gets a lot of his points a lot more of his points on efforts and putbacks and you know widener did run a zone at times so finding gaps in the zone on rebounds and those kinds of things and a i don't see houston running a lot of zone and b I don't think he's going to out-energize J1 Roberts or Reggie Chaney or even JVA Francis. Like I, I, don't, I don't think he's going to do that. And then if we get to see the big man Darius Bowser in there, I don't think he's going to be able to shove Darius Bowser around. And so all of a sudden, I feel like we're looking at Houston in a very different light after watching the St. Joe's game because I marked this down on my early part of the schedule as like, yes, St. Joe's was like you know 11 and 20 or something like that a year ago. They were not a great, great basketball team. But it's a historical program, right? And I was like, oh, man, that's kind of program that, like, could square off and have a good team and just suddenly have some guys that are, you know, juniors and seniors that have been there for a while. And you think of this, like, Philadelphia-based program in the Northeast and small schools in basketball and how, like, you know, they were in the NCAA tournament a lot and like, the early odds. And, like, we think of them as, like, this program that's got some history and pedigree to them, right? And I guess that's why I was like, man, this is, like, kind of a tough tune-up game. As I sit here and watch this, this could very well be another 47-point win, a lot like the Northern Colorado one. And I don't mean that to like count chickens before they hatch on this, but I, I say that after watching the Widener game and like, man, Northern Colorado is better than both these teams, right? <laughs> and so if we're watching that kind of a team, all of a sudden, I I, I don't know. I, I just feel fairly confident that like, you know, as much as St. Joe's can like try and throw Houston off a little bit and show some new looks that Northern Colorado did not look, we're kind of looking at another game that feels very similar, which, you know, has its pros and its cons. One thing that, that St. Joe's did that I do think Houston's got to be ready for that I'm sure if they got this Widener film that uh, Coach has has drawn up and frankly could help Houston a lot is that it looked like St. Joe's pressed most of, like full court, 94 feet press, most of the game against Widener College. And if I'm Houston, I want that to happen. Right now, I, I think that there's a lot of different ways to look at the press, and some people get kind of worried about the press because it does take gambles and first turnovers and those kinds of things. But if I'm Houston, I've got two of the best point guards in America. I want to see you press, right? If I have point guard Jamal Shedd and combo guard Marcus Sasser, two of the best point guards in America, I want you to press me because either one of those guys can break a press on their own and suddenly I've got numbers for fast breaks and dunks and open threes and all that kind of stuff, right? I get you at, And so I don't know if St. Joe's will do this against Houston, but they did it against Widener the whole game. If they come out in this full court press against Houston, I don't know what the over is. I don't know what the, I don't know what the over under mark would be for Marcus Sasser's points or Jamal Shedd's assists or some combination thereof, but take the over take the over take the over take the over those guys could tear a press apart that looks like if along the press looks like this and i feel like if this is going to be who st joe's is they're probably looking at houston as like this great preseason test or great pre-conference test or opening season test or whatever for the system they run and houston is looking at this thing like that is barbecue chicken right like this is this is the kind of game where houston could score 100 if they really really want to i don't know if they will or not we saw in the northern colorado game that like 
Coach Samson kind of dictated the, the scoring by putting guys in and out of the game. There was not like a, a lack in effort by any stretch when different guys came in. But I just feel like Houston's got a number of guards, whereas like St. Joe's has sophomore Eric Reynolds and senior Cam Brown. And that's a 6'2 and a 6'5 guy. And I don't mean to like diminish the kind of impact those guys can have of the game. I, I do think it's interesting that sophomore Lynn Greer had the ball in his hands a lot in their Widener game. I don't know if that was something Widener was doing. Um, it didn't look like to me it was anything Widener was doing, but it maybe it was something Widener was doing. And so I, I would look at like, well, they've got good guards and those guys, they don't have the depth or like even, even those guys at their best are not the kind of quality guards we're looking at at Houston. And so I just feel like if they're going to press like that, the guard depth and the guard talent and the guard experience in Houston is going to make that thing look really, really silly by game's end. And frankly, you know, there's also some aspect of it. Like if they want to press all game, let them take Edge K. Obina out of the game, right? Let them do that to themselves with this press. I mean, he's the he's the only strength that they got, and I, I just he would be active at the back of the press. But again, we'd have three on two, you know, three on one even in the backside of that. And so I I don't I don't know that that's the best move for them. And I don't think that they're going to play it safe. But speaking of safe. This episode is brought to you by Simply Safe. Did you know that over the holidays, property crimes like burglaries and package theft spike nationally? That's why our friends at Simply Safe Home Security are offering 50% off their award-winning security system so that more families can feel safe and secure this holiday season. Order your Simply Safe system for half off today. Enjoy advanced security and a greater peace of mind this holiday season. Here's why I love it. In an emergency, 24-7 professional monitoring agents use Fast Protect technology exclusively from Simply Safe to capture critical evidence and verify a threat is real so you can get priority police response. Simply Safe is a whole home security system with advanced sensors in every room, window and doors, HD security cameras for inside and out, smart ways to detect motion that alerts you only when a threat is real, and even hatches that detect fires, floods, and other threats to your home. Now, if you've been listening to the show for a minute, you know that I'm a sneakers guy, and I have a collection of sneakers literally sitting on the wall behind me. At one point, I left some in the back trunk of my car in front of our driveway at an old apartment complex. Anyway, my car got broken into, the sneakers went missing, and I never got them back, and the cops asked if we had any tapes or footage or anything that could help them pinpoint a time, place, type of car, etc. that came by and took the stuff out of my car, and we did not. Simply Safe Home Security is able to provide all that information and get the cops there earlier than that. It's got 24-7 monitoring system, and it costs just a dollar a day, less than half the price of ADT's traditional professionally installed system. With top-rated Simply Safe apps, you can stay in complete control of your system anytime, anywhere, arm or disarm, unlock for guests, access your camera, or adjust the system settings. Don't miss your chance Save big on the only home security system I recommend. Get 50% off any Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com slash locked on college. This is their biggest discount of the year, so don't wait. That's simplysafe.com slash locked on college. There's no safe like Simply Safe. All right, so in our third segment, we're going to look at some big news out of the basketball program. We had two big signings for early National Signing Day this week. Joseph Tugler out of Cy Falls and Cordelia Jefferson out of Arlington Martin High School are both coming to Houston to play officially. I guess they'd committed to Houston earlier, but to play officially. So what's interesting in watching these two guys play is they're both 
four-star caliber recruits. That is Big 12 basketball at its finest. This is a, another sign of Houston being ready to go play basketball in the best college basketball pro- conference in America. Joseph Tugler is listed at 6'7", 215. I've also seen 6'8", 220. I've also seen 6'7", 210. He's kind of all over the map. He's a constantly growing boy, I think, to say the least. Uh, he is growing, 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 and frankly, it's still kind of young. So who knows where he does end up? Coach and the uh, coach Samson and the coaching staff are very, very high on his ceiling because his game, as it currently stands, does have some of the outside elements. Where if he were to top out at six seven and change two fifteen, he can kind of play that four spot. If you were to get the six nine two thirty, he's got the long arms to be that kind of like prototypical Houston five spot, right? The traditional big man in Houston is usually a little bit undersized with a high, high motor and energy. And I think what's interesting there is like when you watch him play in high school, he had a big, big summer of 2023. I think he had a viral, he played for the Houston Hoops program, I should say. So if you're familiar with Houston, you know, the Houston Hoops program is very historic, has has some of the best teams in all of AAU history over the course of the last like, you know, 40, 30 years. And I think what's interesting in looking at that is he had a like big time takeoff dunk at a showcase in July, I think June, it was June. And and, and that, that takeoff dunk kind of made his name explode nationally. I was like, who is this six eight kid that can fly like this? He started shooting up rankings very, very quickly. And he already had the verbal to Houston. Again, he's from nearby. And I feel like that, that helps us in a lot of ways. But there was kind of a fear on like recruiting message boards about like, is there a chance he gets too big? Yes, Houston is precinct number three in the country. Yes, Houston's moving to the Big 12. But it's not the big, huge endowment type of school that you see out of, you know, neighbors down the road austin texas or you know the neighbors and you know waco and baylor has a big strong program as well and it's not it's not quite that program yet although i think from talent perspective this year we certainly are um and so there was certainly a fear like oh is tugler going to end up at one of those other programs and no he's officially signed on to stay in houston and come to houston this year a big man that is going to be a phenomenal player to watch play I kind of think from day one, right? Um, there's kind of a revolving door at the big man spot. Not that J1 Roberts is going anywhere, but you could also see, like, in a world like, is this the kind of place where Tugler steps in and is like just one of the best athletes you can't keep him off of the floor right away? It's either, you know, we're all projecting that Jarris Walker is going to become an NBA player next year. Can he step into that four spot and play more of a traditional two big man look with Houston? I think there's a bunch of stuff that he can do that's really, really interesting to see. Cordelius Jefferson at Arlington Martins, a guard. He's listed at 6'3, 180. I've also seen him listed at 6'4, also 180. So somewhere in that range. I think his long arms kind of make him look a little bit taller and longer as well. And he's one of these guys that it feels like weird to say because he's, you know, all these guys Houston looks at are so high caliber, but like. The thing he does best might be play hard. And and I, and I don't mean that like detrimental to any of his talent and skills. He's getting like 25 to 30 a night, looks like, in high school last season. And, it, you know, pretty consistently getting to the rack when he wants to. He could work on a jump shot. He's not the great, most natural-looking jump shooter, but big, long frame, able to get the cup. Uh, played for the, the Dallas Area Pro Skills EBO ABL program. So if you know that, like, they're the kind of team, like, if you watch like Bronny James highlights, like that's the kind of program that's like knocking them off, right? Like that's that's a big strong program up the road, up I forty five. Cordelius Jefferson plays for them, and he he's just even in the AAU setting, his defensive focus, right? Defensive intensity. He's pinning balls off the glass. He's chasing multiple guys down in a full court press, kind of on his own. Uh, he he does a lot of different things defensively that really really like make him look like a Houston basketball player to me, a U of H basketball player to me, I should say, because it's all effort and intensity. And it's kind of like what you see out of Coach alluded to on signing day, Jamal Shedd, right? Like it's it's kind of that kind of defense that we see out of Houston guards 
so much, especially Kelvin Sampson's system, right? You can go back to his days at Oklahoma and Indiana and stuff like that. Like he's always had guards that just play harder than the other team, right? No matter how hard you think that guy at North Carolina, you think that guy at Texas, you think that guy at Baylor is playing, Sampson's got a guy that's playing harder. And frankly, that's going to be Cordelius Jefferson someday very, very soon. Uh, obviously, we think Sash will be in the pros this time next season. If you're asking me to be a betting man, I think Jamal Shea could probably get paid to play somewhere next year as well. It might not be stateside. It might be overseas. But in replacing those guys, you're going to need someone that is that kind of intense and that kind of aggressive like Cordelius Jefferson. What I liked about watching his tape was not the AAU tape necessarily, although obviously that's fun too. But he's a 25 or 30 point per night kind of guy in high school at Arlington Martin. And he was really, really quick to distribute the basketball, right? At 6'3", 180, he was able to go around a lot of other guards in high school. But he, he would do that in kind of a ways that opened up his teammates and was really a like very willing passer as well. I think it's going to be a big, big signing for Houston. I'm really, really looking forward to seeing him come to the U of H. Now, if you want to talk about recruits or Houston basketball or whatever, make sure you find me on Twitter to talk all about it. I'll be talking about the St. Joe's basketball game tonight. We'll be talking about the Temple Owls football game tomorrow. All kinds of sports. I guess we're playing a lot of birds this weekend. Yeah, screw the birds. All right, we'll talk about screwing the birds on Twitter at Painsworth512, it's P-A-I-N-S-W-O-R-T-H-512 on Twitter and Instagram and all of your social media profiles. Uh, you can also find all links to the show. I'll be constantly sharing it out there. But make sure you download, subscribe to make sure that Locked on Cougs is in your feed each and every day. So make sure Locked on Cougs can be your first listen of the day. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you're looking for a second listen, I'm going to recommend Locked on Rockets. Jackson Gatlin runs a great show and they're having a fun, exciting start to the season. So go check them out there as well. Locked on Cougs is a proud member of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Go Cougs!